Back to school season is coming up, which can be difficult for those going through a divorce. This is especially true when alcohol and child safety is a concern. On the Moms Moving On podcast, you know it is my mission to make divorce the easiest on children. And if you are preparing for co-parenting during back to school and you're worried about your child's safety, then you have to know about Soberlink. I've partnered with Soberlink to help offer resources to help you navigate the upcoming back to school season. Soberlink is a remote alcohol monitoring technology created to help prove sobriety in custody cases. The system includes a high-tech breathalyzer device with facial recognition that allows you to receive real-time updates from monitored co-parents anytime, anywhere, allowing for swift intervention for improved child safety. They have helped hundreds of thousands of people document proof of sobriety in real time for peace of mind during child custody cases. Soberlink is currently offering free back-to-school and divorce packets that include a Q&A with a top divorce attorney, back-to-school checklist, communication tips, and more. Request your free packet today at www.soberlink.com forward slash MMO. This week on Moms Moving On. What is financial abuse in a marriage? I think it is exerting power over your spouse through money. And it can show itself in a bunch of different ways. It can be restricting someone's spending, scrutinizing their spending, shaming them for how they're spending, not allowing them to know what's going on with your family's money. And unfortunately, it it seems to happen more so if there is a primary breadwinner in the house, that situation seems to be more wide open and ready for that financial abuse to occur. Life moves on, so why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Welcome back to another Moms Moving On. I have my friend Tracy Conan on with us today. She is a forensic accountant and fraud investigator with Sequence Inc. in Milwaukee and Chicago. And she's investigating embezzlement, financial statement fraud, securities fraud, Ponzi schemes, divorce, white collar criminal defense, insurance fraud, and civil litigation matters. You got that? Today, she's going to be helping us uncover whether or not your spouse could be hiding money, because we have a lot to talk about in regard to financial abuse. Don't we, Tracy? We do. And it's sad that we have to talk about it, but I am all about empowering people so that they can get the information they need. You know, I don't want people agreeing to something in a divorce unless they have all the information. And how are they going to get it without knowing what they're looking for? And financial abuse, I think, is one of those like covert things, right? That like, you know, I feel like every relationship has its own financial climate, right? Like whether you share a joint bank account, whether you have a joint savings account, whether you're living parallel financial lives, everybody's different. And so I've seen in terms of the clients that I work with, when we start to talk about money, it's always a little funny. And I can always tell which ones probably have had the wool pulled over their heads by their spouses who are engaging in financial abuse. But this is why you're here because you're going to help us make sense of all of it. I'd love to hear a little bit about why you chose this line of work. Like, were you like, do you really like, like crime movies and like whodunits and figure it outs and stuff like that? 
Okay, so you're going to be weirded out by the story, but I have a fascination with prisons. And oh. I'm just fascinated with uh, the criminal justice system and the societies that are created in prisons and how they're managed and whether they help anyone or rehabilitate anyone or how they protect society, all that stuff. And so I went to college to get a criminology degree with my ultimate goal of becoming a prison warden someday. I see this for you though. Right? Yeah. Like just like arms crossed, like everybody bowing down. Okay. Don't anyway. mess with me. Yeah, right. for sure. Yeah. So my sophomore year of that program, I had an opportunity to take an elective called financial crime investigation. And it was a class that was only offered every few years. And so I thought, well, I'm a sophomore now. This might be my only chance to take it. I'm just going to take it and see what it's about. And I loved it. And I totally changed course. I started taking accounting classes and was good at it. And I'm like, this is what I'm going to do for a living. And it's been that way ever since. So I've been doing this for over 25 years. I love this for two reasons. One, because it's badass. And two, because you're good with numbers and and I bow down to that because I can never, could never, could never. But see, we're all good at something. Like there's stuff that other people do that just make my eyes glaze over. And I'm like, I could never, but this is like, we all have our special talents. Yeah, we do. So money is not my strong point. So I'm really excited to get into this with you because, you know, on this podcast, we've focused a lot on emotional abuse and physical abuse but we haven't really touched on financial abuse. So can we just start by you defining for us, what is financial abuse in a marriage? I think it is exerting power over your spouse through money. And it can show itself in a bunch of different ways. It can be restricting someone's spending, scrutinizing their spending, shaming them for how they're spending, not allowing them to know what's going on with your family's money. Um, and unfortunately, it, it seems to happen more so if there is a primary breadwinner in the house, that situation seems to be more wide open and ready for that financial abuse to occur. But one of the things I wanted to mention in conjunction with it is that there is a lot of shame surrounding money in general. And a lot of it starts when people are growing up yeah. and it's the way that they were taught about money or sometimes not taught about money. You know, they, they didn't know, do we have money? Do we not have money? Or as kids, they were told you can't have these things and they didn't know why. Maybe they weren't educated about money. So it's a really vulnerable area for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I think the financial abuse is so insidious because it is spoken about so little and because it can have such a dramatic impact on someone's life. If you feel like you can't go put gas in your car without your husband's permission, what kind of way is that to live? But you're not going to tell your friends that for the most part, right? Because that's embarrassing. Well, and I also think that like, you know, the majority of people who say they can't leave are saying that because they feel they'd have no financial way out. It's not so much a physical way out, but being able to survive and and rocking the boat a little bit financially, that that can be so overwhelming and feel like quicksand for so many people. Well, for sure. And then there are realities of it. If if someone doesn't have access to any money and they've talked to people and they hear, you know, in order to retain attorney, I'm going to need three, four, five thousand dollars to start with. Where would I ever get that from? It seems insurmountable. Yeah. Yeah. So you're helping on the forensic side. Um, I, have, I, have a, I have a lot of questions. And one of them is when you know you need a forensic accountant. But first, I think we need to figure out how we would know if our spouse is even hiding funds or if we were victims of financial abuse. Like what are these red flags that I know you talk about often? 
I do talk about red flags a lot. One of the things that I, the simplest thing that I can tell people to look for is a change in behavior surrounding financial matters. So in some marriages, there maybe has been financial control from the very beginning, and it's never really changed. There's nothing that I can sort of pinpoint there that is a red flag or a sign that there's a problem. But let's say you had a fairly open communication about finances for the first five years of your marriage, and then your spouse starts to change how things work and starts to be maybe secretive or starts taking more control over the money and restricting your spending or um, you know, being really controlling about the budget, things like that. When you see that change, that's one of the biggest indicators and one of the most common ones that I see. Okay. And uh, I know that if you are dealing with a person like this, it is probably going to be hard to ask them about said change, right? It sure is. It sure is. And what I see a lot is someone getting locked out of the online account or not being told where we have accounts, things like that. So one of the tips that I use with people when we're talking about this is I say, you know, could you go to your spouse and say something to the effect of, you know, I'm really concerned. What if something happened to you? What if you were in a car accident? What if you died suddenly? I don't know, even know where our money is. I don't know if it would be okay to write a check out of the account to cover the mortgage. I'd like to start learning a little bit about our finances in the event that something would happen. And it's a really non-confrontational way to start that discussion. Yeah, I love that. Um, still, I, I think you know the second red flag there would probably be if you say that nice thing and then you're met with defensiveness, right? For sure. For sure. Oh no, I've got it. I've got it. Well, true. You may have it handled and maybe that is the way we always handled our money. But again, if something happens to you, I'm going to be left trying to pick up these pieces and figure out what's what. The last thing I need, if you're in a hospital in a coma, is for me to try to figure out how do I get into our bank account to see how much money we have so I know if I can pay the bills. Oh God, what a nightmare. And then, and then you bring it up and your husband says, oh, you'll be taken care of. Don't worry about it. Like it's, it's the mafia, right? Tony Soprano. Yeah, no. Okay. Well, that leads me to my next question. Um, what do you do in the event of somebody leaving you and you were financially taken care of, and now you are locked out of everything and you have no access to funds because this happens way more often than people are talking about it. And I hear about it in probably half of all the cases I work on. It's a really tough situation. And the best advice I have is to make preparations before you're left yes. in that situation, yes. right? Yes. But yes. but what good does that do the person who has just been left and wasn't expecting right. it, right? So let me start with, if you, if you are in a position where you can make some preparations, I'm talking about trying to get a credit card in your own name, one that your spouse could not close, could not manipulate. Can you open a bank account in your own name and start setting aside some money in that bank account so that you would always have something if, you know, God forbid, you were left? Um, So those are the sort of proactive things that you can do before you're in a crisis situation. Once you're in the crisis situation, I think the options are a little bit more limited. Again, I would be looking towards, can you open a credit card in your own name? And and what's important about that is while you're still married and your credit 
histories are still linked to one another, right? You still each have your own credit history, but they're still linked to each other while you're married. And so especially if you've been a stay-at-home mom, that's where it's really more important, right? If you have your own job and your own earnings, you're probably going to be okay long run. But if you've been a stay-at-home, you need to get some resources. And so I say, okay, go apply for a credit card in your name, the other sad things, I mean, it comes down to money, right? It comes yeah. down to potentially moving in with a family or friend, asking family or friends to borrow money. None of those things are fun. Um, but but they- listen, there's, they're necessary. And some of the most successfully happy moms I've worked with who have moved on from their divorces are ones who fell back on their family comfortably with no shame. You know, so many of my clients have moved back in with mom or dad until they get back on their feet. There is literally like nothing wrong with that. And I, I suggest that all the time if it's an option. Right. Cause that's what family is for. And so you move back in with mom and dad and you immediately start making a plan. How long do I have to be here? You know, you know, start planning to start a job search and how long would it take me to save the money I need to get that deposit for an apartment or whatever it may be. And maybe your plan is a one year, two year, three year plan. But if you have a plan and something to look forward to, I think it also makes that a much easier situation to be okay with. Yeah. I think for any woman, like knowledge is power and knowing that you've done the work or the research to ensure you're being okay is, it just makes it that much easier to go. Hi moms. If you're looking to sell your engagement jewelry, Worthy is the perfect option. With over 45,000 satisfied customers, Worthy is the most trusted name in the business. Would I bring you anything less? Worthy offers competitive auctions and gets you the best deal possible on your jewelry. Plus, I've connected with Worthy on a special bonus offer for the Moms Moving On community, a $100 Amazon gift card when your jewelry sells for over $1,500. Ready to move on from that engagement ring? Get started today at worthy.com moms. That's worthy.com moms for the special bonus offer. It's here. Oh my God. I can't believe it. My book is officially out in the world. Have you ordered it yet? It's called Moms Moving On, Real Life Advice on Conquering Divorce, Co-Parenting Through Conflict, and Becoming Your Best Self. Moms Moving On is filled with practical, actionable, and empowering advice from someone who's been through it and comes out the other side. Me. Through inspirational stories, rituals, journal prompts, and my guidance, you'll learn how to navigate your divorce with confidence, adjust to life as a single mom, shift your perspective to find your way back to your best self, and create the life you truly deserve. So order it now. What are you waiting for? All right, back to more red flags. So your spouse is being weird about money all of a sudden. That's one. He's poo-pooing you when you try to have the conversation. That's two. What else? Information goes missing. So you had documents at your house or saved on your computer and they're gone. The tax returns are no longer in the drawer that they used to be in, things like that. Because that's really weird, right? Why would someone take the tax returns and get rid of them? Or why would they take away the bank statements or some documents you had saved? Things like your spouse is trying to get you to sign legal documents or loan applications, Mm -hmm. especially if they don't want you to read them before you sign them. Or if you say something like, I think I might need an attorney to look at them and they want to shut that down, weird stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. And then the other big one uh, that I like to talk about is what I call sex, drugs, and rock and roll. So oh, if- it sounds fun, is, actually. 
It sounds fun. Uh, it's not your spouse is having an affair or you suspect an affair. You have mm. seen behavior that might go hand in hand with an affair, drugs, drug addiction, gambling addiction. So that's kind of the stuff that falls under there that because those are the things that uh, are financial infidelity because they are hiding how you're spending money and they are mm -hmm. spending money for what we politely call a non-marital purpose. Okay. And, and well, this happens a lot. How do you, is it possible? Cause I get this question a lot to recover those funds in the divorce. If your spouse was spending them extramaritally. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, like in all states across the board or like excluding Florida and Texas? <laughs> so here's the thing. Okay, as you know, the area of family law, the judges have a lot of latitude. Yes, there mm -hmm. are laws in place that say certain things have to happen. But when they're looking at the money and trying to divide things up, the judges kind of can, they can go rogue sometimes and make weird decisions. But here's how I would say it generally works across the country. If you can prove, you have the proof there that your husband was gambling away a hundred grand. You've got bank statements where he's at the casino taking out withdrawal after withdrawal, cash advance, and you can document that all. When it comes time to divide the other assets, the judge can give you extra to make up for it, right? If he wasted $100,000, half of that is yours, 50 grand. Let's say you've got equity in the house and you guys are going to sell the house and split that equity. The judge could award you $50,000 extra of that equity to cover what has been gambled away. Now, let me be yes. clear. There yes. have to be some assets to divide. And unfortunately, if we're talking about gambling and a lot of gambling families, um, there aren't any assets because he's mortgaged the house. He's cashed out the 401k, you, you know, and, there, and in that case, there's nothing left to get back. Uh, but in... A lot of cases, if you do have assets, there is a way to get some of that money back. Okay. And so you said the word could, the judge could award you, you know, whatever it is, your ex squandered away on what's her name. So, but would hiring a forensic accountant like yourself make it more likely that these funds are uncovered and they go back to you? Or is it still like a 50, 50 shot? I mean, I think it is more likely because you've got an expert on your side who is credible and has done the work and can present the evidence in a way that the judge can understand it. Like that is my whole jam with being a forensic accountant is I can get anyone, even people who are not good at numbers to understand what happened with the money. So yes, I would say you have a better chance with a forensic accountant, but that doesn't mean you can't do it on your own. If you can get together those bank statements and put it together in an organized fashion, have those transactions highlighted, you know, that's the evidence right there. And you don't need me to tell a judge that that $10,000 withdrawal from your bank account at the casino, I don't need, the judge doesn't need me to tell him what it was for, right? That's pretty obvious. Right, right. Well, yeah, no. And I'm also thinking like, if there's an affair and there's all of a sudden, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars spent on hotel rooms and they weren't for business expenses, you know what I mean? Like right. could a forensic accountant, yes, push the judge more towards saying, hey guy, that wasn't very nice. Yes. Okay. Yes. And and I think judges are open to seeing this kind of evidence. Where it gets murky is the stuff like the dinner's out, the hotel rooms, right? The husband is going to come and say, oh no, that was all for my job. Oh no, that was a business meal. And the judge is left saying, we don't know for sure. All we've got is a credit card statement with the name of a restaurant. And so your chances are better on the stuff that I would call a slam dunk, right? Mm -hmm. The, um, 
purchase at Tiffany's and, and you didn't get any Tiffany's. Um, Ew, these, rude. Ugh, terrible. Okay. Here's the worst one. These idiots always like to go to Victoria's secret for their girlfriends. Right. Um, How played out by the way, like really can't do better than Victoria's what year is Secrets? This? Right. 1987. Okay, cool. Right. Right. So the more obvious stuff, um, the judge is more likely to entertain that and, and really think about that carefully. Okay. That's good to know. So tell me about the process of working with a forensic accountant. So you've now discovered because of this insightful podcast that unfortunately you might be a victim of financial abuse and, or your ex has started hiding money, doing weird things. You want out, you know, you need to hire a forensic accountant. What does that process look like? So for me, it's have your attorney call me and the attorney and I talk about what the issues are. I, I always want to know, you know, how much money do we think is at stake? And that's the big thing here is a lot of times there may not be enough money involved to justify the cost of a forensic accountant. I like to say, you know, plan on probably $10,000 to start with a forensic accountant. So depending on what you have at stake, it might not be worth it. And I'm also mindful of the fact that divorces are really expensive. So you're paying your attorney, you might be paying a guardian ad litem, God knows what else you're paying. You know, you might be paying for two households, all these kinds of things. And so here you've got another expense, but I like people to know that this is kind of what you should be prepared for. Right. I just, I, I mean, to me, it seems... I mean, if you know there's money being hidden and accounts have been opened in your name or whatever's going on, it's a price to pay that will that will pay off handsomely in the end, no? Yeah, well, it can. Again, depending on your financial situation. Mm-hmm. I, you know, there's realistically, there are a lot of divorces that it's not justified for. Even when you think some money is missing, probably the cost isn't justified. But at the same time, there are plenty that it is. Mm-hmm. That's so good to know. All right, so step one, Look for the red flags. Step two, open a credit card in your name. Step three, call Tracy Conan. Did I get that right? Is that the right order? You got that right. I love that. Tell us tell us uh, some more tidbits that you wish your clients knew about money. Ooh, you know, I think that I am all about being prepared and being involved with the money. So let's say your household where your husband is making the money for the most part and handling the money and paying the bills. I want you to be involved as well. So that means looking at the bank statement every month and looking at the credit card statement every month and asking some questions. Mm -hmm. And again, we know that's hard. If you're in a situation of abuse, um, that might not be permitted, but if you can get involved in that, that will help head off a lot of problems, right? Part of the reason why these jerks can get away with doing this kind of stuff is because they know nobody's paying any attention. No one's looking at the statements. And so I can just spend on whatever I want and no one's going to know. Mm. Um, so being very proactive is probably my biggest and best tip. Okay. I like that. Don't let yourself be gaslit in that process either. Like, oh, you're crazy. Why don't you trust me? Mm-mm, let me see the paperwork, buddy. Right. Okay. Well, this has been really eye-opening and insightful, and I'm really grateful for this information. Um, you know, we can't we can't discard financial abuse as something that's also really, really horrible when we talk about abuse. It can be the difference between staying stuck and moving on freely. And so that's why there are amazing experts like you to help women along the way um, once they realize they're in a situation like this. Well, let me tell you why it's so important to me to help women uh, as they're coming out of divorce. So 
when people get divorced, their standard of living goes down. And it makes sense, right? Because when you're together, you have whatever income you have, and you've got one house and one set of bills. Mm -hmm. When you split, there are now two houses and two sets of bills. And so everyone's standard of living has got to go down unless you're super, super wealthy. Statistically, women's standard of living goes down much more than men's. And that's why I want to make sure to help women that see that they get what they're entitled to as they're coming out of divorce. That's amazing. A girl after my own heart, helping the ladies. Tracy, where can everybody find you if they want more information about this topic? Hey, they can find me at divorcemoneyguide.com, which is my do-it-yourself forensic accounting product. So if you can't afford a forensic accountant, you can use the Divorce Money Guide to uh, help you gather your financial information and look at it through the lens of a forensic accountant. How amazing that you have that. And I can't wait to link that all up and share that with our community. Thank you everybody for being here. I hope this helped you in some way. Check out that guide because it can really change the game for you. And wouldn't that be great for everybody listening? Thank you for being here, Tracy. It was a pleasure to have you. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. Imagine a place to get all of the resources you need and deserve while going through the divorce process, from legal and mediation tips to expert co-parenting advice and heartbreak healing words of wisdom. Imagine a place that offered weekly words of wisdom and inspiration curated just for you by me to help motivate you and make you feel seen throughout the toughest days of your divorce journey. Imagine if that place also provided you with the opportunity to connect with other moms who are going through the exact same thing as you. That place exists and it's called the Moms Moving On membership community. With two membership options, you are guaranteed to find your village and thrive in this next phase of your life. Visit my website, momsmovingon.com and click on become a member to join our community now. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong. 